You are listening to CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. Stay tuned now for The Jazz Show with Gavin Walker.
We'd like to welcome you to another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9, or if you listen on your computer, www.citr.ca for live streaming. My name's Gavin Walker, and we have uh, a great show planned for you this evening. All kinds of stuff to play for you, and uh, we hope that uh, you can stay around for as long as you wish to stay around. We're here until well after midnight with some of the very best in jazz music. We uh, endeavor to do that every week, and tonight is no different. And of course, we're going to start out with our jazz feature this evening. Oliver Nelson from St. Louis, Missouri. Wonderful saxophone player, a truly magical sound on his uh, instrument. He played tenor. He often claimed his favorite instrument was the smaller E-flat alto saxophone, and of course he had a very distinctive voice on that instrument. Later on, he, um, for several years, he exclusively played the soprano saxophone, and he developed a, a concept on that which was, as far as I was concerned, second to none. I loved his uh, work on soprano. But we're going to hear him this evening. Uh, He's also, of course, a composer and arranger. And he wrote for um, big bands, little bands, and uh, put together so many recordings. It was part of so many recording sessions. Oliver also wrote for uh, television, movies, all that kind of stuff. And um, unfortunately, he died quite young, but he was uh, so productive in his career. His recording sessions, uh, he was signed to Prestige New Jazz Records as a discovery. He had just arrived in New York um, and, of course, paid his dues for a couple of years. And uh, Prestige New Jazz signed him uh, to a contract, and he recorded a whole bunch of albums that are now considered classic. And of course, he also recorded an album for Impulse Records called The Blues and the Abstract Truth. That is considered to be one of the 10 best jazz albums in the history of the music. So that shows you the level of Oliver Nelson. This particular date we're going to listen to this evening is one of his lesser-known dates. It was done for Prestige, uh, Prestige New Jazz, in August of 1961. But it's more uh, a blowing session. In other words, it's more um, less emphasis on arrangements um, and just musicians getting together, great musicians together, um, and having a good time and uh, playing some very, very significant music, but with uh, very little um, structure or complex arrangements or anything like that. However, Oliver Nelson was a stickler for uh, a band playing. He didn't uh, approve of uh, kind of uh, loose-knit jam session-type albums, uh, and so he, his sense of organization, even on this album, which was less uh, formal and less set up than most of his other albums, there is that inner discipline. And uh, the ensemble passages are clean, and the playing is just 
absolutely inspired. He picked a, a wonderful band. He uh, was working together um, on some big band recordings, and he became enamored with um, a trumpet player who had a long history in Count Basie's band by the name of Joe Newman. And Joe Newman was one of those uh, players, he, he kind of had one foot in the pre-modern jazz era uh, where the uh, trumpet was kind of uh, brassy and, and full-bodied, but he also uh, was, uh, had a very modern concept as well. So he combined those two disciplines. He was kind of, kind of one of those trumpet players that's kind of in the middle of uh, eras, and yet he sounded entirely like him, himself. He, he wasn't uh, uncomfortable with that. There were several trumpet players that, that, that kind of, and saxophone players too, that, that sort of had one foot in the earlier era and reflected that, and, uh, and of course the other foot in the modern era. So Joe Newman was kind of that musician, and um, he was a very, very spirited and wonderful player. And he and Oliver Nelson, they, they hooked up on this album, and they, they sounded like they'd been working together all their lives. So that's the front line. Oliver Nelson uh, will be heard on most tunes on the tenor saxophone, but he does play two tunes on this set on alto saxophone. Joe Newman is on trumpet. Oliver picked a wonderful rhythm section. The redoubtable and one of the premier pianists in jazz music, Hank Jones, from the famous Jones family of Detroit. He, Hank was the elder statesman, and his elegant playing is uh, just wonderful throughout this whole session. On bass, one of the most in-tune bassists and one of the most adaptable, George de Vivier, and his beautiful sound. George de Vivier could play with avant-garde musicians like Eric Dolphy, and, uh, and move into playing with more traditionally-minded musicians, just um, with the greatest of ease. On drums, Charlie Persip, one of the great uh, drummers in jazz music. Charlie is still with us, as a matter of fact, still alive. And on conga drums, adding uh, a whole different uh, feel to the rhythm section is the great Ray Barreto. So that's the lineup, Oliver Nelson on alto and tenor saxophones, Joe Newman on trumpet, Hank Jones, piano, George DeVivier, bass, Charlie Persip on drums, and Ray Barreto on congas. And there are six tunes on this album. They're all arranged by Oliver Nelson. The first one is a Duke Ellington tune. It's a blues, and it kicks off the album on a very, very high level. And it's called Main Stam. It was one. It was actually a, a favorite of Charles Mingus. He's uh, Mingus used to play this tune all the time. And of course, the original Ellington version is quite wonderful. But this version is the title track, and it's super good. The second tune, Oliver is uh, actually on alto saxophone on the second tune, and it's dedicated to his, or at least one of his favorite beverages and it's called J&B. Scotch lovers will understand that one. The tune number three is called Ho. There you go. That's the title of that, another Oliver Nelson composition. 
Uh, and then we have one more where he's featured on alto saxophone, and it's a piece of music called Latino. So you know the flavor on that one. The next tune after that is another Oliver Nelson original entitled Tipsy. And the final tune is an old standard tune, a favorite of uh, many jazz musicians. And it kind of wraps up the album in a nice, relaxed, loping fashion. The tune is the old favorite, Tangerine. So that's the lineup. That's the date. And we're going to take you right now to Rudy Van Gelder's recording studio and our jazz feature. And we open with Main Stem, the title track. Look out. Thank you. 
Our jazz feature this evening was an album by Oliver Nelson that featured uh, more just relaxed playing rather than uh, complex arrangements. Obviously, these two guys had fun. Joe Newman on trumpet and Oliver Nelson on tenor and a couple of tracks on alto saxophone. He got such a rich sound out of his saxophone. Sometimes it's a, it's hard to tell the the uh, sonic differences between the two horns. Um, other people that double on uh, different saxophones, you can usually tell when it's a tenor or an alto. But uh, with Oliver, um, it's a little more difficult. But he did play uh, two tunes on the uh, on the alto saxophone, the smaller one, which uh, he claimed to be his favorite of all the saxophones. He, he played them all, um, and he was, uh, of course, throughout his career, he was heard on alto and tenor, as you know, and also later on on uh, soprano saxophone. But he, uh, he played clarinet and flute and all the other stuff, too. Oliver Nelson, one of the great uh, composer, arrangers, all of his recording sessions, even this one, which is a little more, a little less formal than uh, a lot of them, um, Really, the band sounds uh, very tight, and it sounds like Oliver Nelson and Joe Newman have been playing together all their lives, and uh, uh, they spiritually and musically hit it off, as you heard, and uh, of course, what a wonderful front line. Oliver Nelson on alto and tenor saxophone, Joe Newman on trumpet, and the rhythm section, Hank Jones, the elegant and magnificent Hank Jones on piano, George Duvivier on bass. And on drums, Charlie Persip, one of the great uh, drummers who is still with us and still alive, still performing occasionally. And on conga drums, adding to the sound of the rhythm section, yet not interfering with the swing of this music, Ray Barreto on conga drums. We heard six tunes. We opened with Duke Ellington's great, this was a high standard uh, opening tune because the band was smoking on this one. And it was Duke Ellington's great tune called Main Stem. The second tune was, uh, I mentioned, was dedicated to one of Oliver's favorite beverages. And it was his own composition called J&B. He played alto on that tune. On uh, the next tune was called Ho. <laughs> and uh, the tune after that was a Latin-flavored thing where he switched to alto again. And that uh, was called Latino. And then the tune after that was kind of a Count Basie-flavored thing called Tipsy. And the final tune was a nice, relaxed version of an old standard, of course, Tangerine, played by Oliver and Company. So this album was issued on Prestige New Jazz Records and recorded August 25, 1961. And the... Title of the album is Mainstem, and uh, it's one of Oliver's lesser-known albums, but uh, certainly should be better known, and was our jazz feature this evening. So I hope you enjoyed it. My name is Gavin Walker, and this is CITR FM one hundred one point nine, or if you listen online, it's www.citr.ca. And, of course, we broadcast from the campus of the University of British Columbia on unceded Musqueam territory. And we'll be right back after a couple of messages with um, a little bit of a tribute 
to the spring that's not really happening. Uh, it was, uh, this is something I attempted to play last week, and the CD didn't, didn't uh, operate very well. And I've got my fingers crossed that we'll be able to hear it tonight. Uh, if it doesn't, wow, uh, I'm going to blow the studio up. Right. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, I'll be back in a few minutes. My name's Gavin Walker. <sighs> that is a sigh of relief because Fun Drive 2017 is officially over. To everyone who donated their time, energy, money, forgot to donate now, but will donate online at CITR.ca, couldn't donate this year, but will donate in the future, and to our community as a whole, CITR and Discorder want to say... Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Just like, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for trusting us with your money, and we promise to make good use of it. Muchas gracias. Gracias, gracias. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. That was great. Saturday, April 15th, a fundraiser for Girls Rock Camp Vancouver is taking place in the Grand Lux Hall of the Western Front, located at 303 East 8th Ave. Tickets are available at Zulu Records, Neptune Records, and both Red Cat Record locations. There will be raffle prizes from Anita Sigma, Nimbus School of Recording, Live Nation, John Fluvog, Tea Leather and Wood, The Juice Truck, Pizzeria Barbarella, CITR, and many more. Doors are at 6, shows at 6.30. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Hunkaminam-speaking Musqueam people. We're back, and well, <laughs> I guess you know the weather is such a. Uh, um, well, people in Vancouver always talk about the weather. Uh, I, I've noticed that in other cities, you know, you just kind of take it as it is, unless it's extreme, of course. But uh, the weather is always kind of a concern here in in Vancouver, and we're concerned. Yes, we are, because uh, spring hasn't really sprung, as we all know, and we're all a little bit frustrated by it. And, of course, with all the the rain and so on, even the cherry blossoms that are out, you know, they're they're not going to last all that long because they're going to rot in the rain. We need sunshine. (laughs) And... uh, uh, unfortunately, it doesn't look like we're going to get a lot right now. Um, but, you know, there may be a break later on. We'll uh, deliver the uh, weather forecast after a while. But spring, there's still a feeling of spring in the air. And this is a sad song. This is a song of uh, unrequited romance. And it's a classic song. And it's sung by one of my all-time favorite singers, and that's Carmen McRae. As I mentioned before, I attempted to play this last week, and uh, the CD just wouldn't wouldn't do it. And uh, hopefully, this will. This is from an album that Carmen did in 1964 called Bittersweet. Most of the songs on here are are exactly bittersweet, including this one, written by Francis uh, Landisman and Tommy Wolf. And it's a beautiful song, and as I said, it's a song of unrequited romance. And Carmen just 
sings this. I think this is one of the definitive versions of this great song. With her band at the time, Norman Simmons on piano, Victor Sproles on bass, and Curtis Boyd on drums. And we're going to hear Spring Can Really Hang You Up the Most, Carmen McRae. I was a sentimental thing Threw my heart away each spring Now a spring romance Doesn't stand the chance Promised my first dance to winter All I've got to show's a splinter This year has got me feeling like a horse that never left the post. I lie in my room, staring up at the ceiling. Spring can really hang you up the most. Mornings kiss wakes trees and I'd like to drink a toast I stroll in the park Just to kill lonely hours Spring can really hang you up The most All afternoon Writing 
she'll find me right on the shelf just like last year's easter bonnets spring can really hang you up the Magnificent Carmen McRae doing, I think, the uh, one of the definitive versions of that great song, Spring Can Really Hang You Up the Most. From her album, Bittersweet, Carmen was accompanied by Norman Simmons on piano, Victor Sproles on bass, and Curtis Boyd on drums. Those were her regular guys back when that was recorded in 1964 in New York City. We haven't finished with Carmen. This is another side of this uh, great lady that we're going to hear, and it's uh, going to introduce us to uh, some rather rare, and um, I must uh, warn you, not particularly well-recorded Thelonious Monk music, (laughs) okay? But I'll tell you what's going on here. Um, We'll open with uh, Carmen, and she's going to chat. Uh, she's performing at Dante's, which was a, a wonderful uh, jazz club in Los Angeles, which, which lasted for many years. and it was everybody's favorite joint. And um, Carmen was there with her uh, group, which included pianist Jimmy Rolls. And Jimmy wrote this tune. 
that we're going to hear her do. And um, in her band, the great Joe Pass on guitar, Chuck DeMonico on bass, and Chuck Flores on drums. This was recorded in 1971. And um, Carmen will tell you all about the tune. And, of course, uh, the tune was written by Jimmy Rawls. And it was called The Ballad of Thelonious Monk. Then we're going to follow that with some rare Thelonious Monk recorded at the Village Gate in New York City in September of 1963. We're going to hear some solo piano. Monk is, uh, um, it's got a little bit of tape rumble and stuff like that. The recording uh, was not done professionally, but uh, the performance is great. We're going to hear Monk play uh, Body and Soul, the great uh, Johnny Green tune, solo piano. And then we segue right into a quartet version of Monk's great tune, Rhythmining, with Charlie Rouse on tenor saxophone, John Orr on bass, and some great drumming by the late and wonderful Frankie Dunlop. And this was recorded at the Village Gate in New York City. So kind of an introduction by Carmen to the music of Thelonious Monk, and uh, then we're going to hear some Monk. So here's Carmen McRae once again. She's going to talk to you. The next song is so really completely away from this one I just sung for you, the last one, that uh, it's hard to believe that this cat is really that much of a genius, and he is to me. I love him dearly because we are very dear friends, and we love each other very much. But I have to sort of cop out a little bit and tell you about this next song, y'all. Now, Jimmy Rose has written a song about one of our innovators of progressive jazz, another pianist, in fact, and his name is Thelonious Monk. Now, I gather when you say that that uh, you know who I'm speaking of. Now, for the people who are going to buy this record, which better be in the millions, I would like to explain about Thelonious Monk, just in case they're not aware. This is a gentleman who, uh, if you saw him just sitting, you know, anywhere or walking down the street, the last thing you would think of him as being is a uh, piano player of uh, the worst that he is, because he doesn't look like it, you know what I mean? He's a beautiful looking cat with a beard and, a, and sort of very stern looking, but... Uh, with all that, he never forgets to wear a hat. Could be a yarmulke with a dashiki on. He don't care. He's gonna have something on top of his head. Now, right? Now, for those of you who have heard Monk play, it's kind of hard to picture anybody writing a song about Thelonious that's in a country and western vein. Now, is it? <laughs> Now you see, that's where everything just throws me for a loop because I say to myself, if Thelonious Monk were ever reincarnated 133 times, he ain't never coming back here as no cowboy. You know what I mean? Now, anybody 
that can think up a country and western song about Thelonious cannot be wrapped too tight. Let's face it. He ain't coming up after me, is he? But we love it. And this song is built to make you laugh, and we hope you'll enjoy it. And it's called The Ballad. What else? Of Thelonious Monk. that intro. Don't it get you right here? I used to think cowboy music was the only thing there was. Then I heard Thelonious The place was filled to the rafters with musicians and the fuzz. They all love Thelonious I didn't know what he was playing, but the dog next door kept baying, and the waitress was humming along. And I forgot about Gene Autry and the things he taught me when I heard Sheffield the Thelonious. Took up bebop and forgot about the cows. Wouldn't feed my horse any hay. That horse, he knew I had them records, and he hung around the house. Ears are cocked just to hear the monk play. He threw me clear to Santa Monica or when he heard monk.
Well, that was a felonious monk, and uh, maybe a less than uh, stellar recording quality, but uh, certainly captured uh, one of those great moments uh, at the Village Gate in New York City, where Monk was uh, working with his uh, band, which included Charlie Rouse, of course, on tenor saxophone, his main man, John Orr on bass, and on drums, the great Frankie Dunlop. And uh, we heard Monk uh, play solo piano first, um, a version of Body and Soul, the old standard by Johnny Green, and then Monk's own composition, Rhythmining. And before that, an introduction to Thelonious Monk by the one and only Carmen McRae. And, uh, of course, we heard Carmen talk. Uh, this was recorded at Dante's, a very fine jazz club uh, long-standing jazz club in Los Angeles in 1971. So Carmen was talking to the audience and explaining the tune and so on and so forth. And then we went into the ballad of Thelonious Monk, written by pianist Jimmy Rawls. And it featured uh, Carmen's band, uh, Jimmy Rawls, of course, on piano, Joe Pass on guitar, Chuck DeMonico on bass, and Chuck Flores on drums. So uh, Carmen chatting and then going into the ballad of Thelonious Monk. And then, of course, we followed that with this um, long set by uh, Thelonious Monk recorded at the Village Gate. So I hope you enjoyed that. We're going to be back in a uh, very few moments. We've got some other surprises for you and uh, a couple of announcements. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and uh, we shall return momentarily. Do you want to know more about human rights abuses, global issues, and international politics? Are you interested in writing to foreign and local governments in response to global crises? Are you ready to give peace a chance? If your answer is yes, then Amnesty International UBC may be the club for you. Check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash AIUBC or send us an email at amnestyubc at gmail.com. Become a CITR member and make some new friends. Members get discounts in Kitsilano and around UBC at The Book Warehouse, Stormcrow Ale House, The Australian Boot Company, Fresh's Best Salsa and Company, Banyan Books and Sound, Tapestry Music Limited, Rufus Guitar Shop, Dentry's Irish Girl, the UBC Bookstore, On the French Hair Design, and The Bike Kitchen. What would we do without our friends? Spring, yeah, it's April 10th already. Easter is this weekend. Passover, of course, for our Jewish brethren. 
uh, begins tonight. And, of course, uh, uh, people sitting down to the uh, traditional Passover Seder. Yeah, spring hasn't sprung. Not really, not in Vancouver. Um, Unfortunately, the weather doesn't look great this week. Wish I could say something different, but according to the forecast, tonight is uh, windy and showers with a low of 6, and then tomorrow, a few showers ending in late morning and then clearing, at least for a little while, with a low of 6 and a high of 13. Wednesday is cloudy once again with a 60% chance of showers with a low of 4 and a high of 13, and then Thursday and Friday, periods of rain. That's Friday, that's Good Friday, periods of rain with uh, lows between 7 and 8 and highs between 10 and 12. Saturday is lifting a little bit, cloudy with only a 30% chance of a shower with a low of 6, high of 14. And Sunday, there's no precipitation in the forecast. It's a mix of sun and cloud, which actually could turn out to be quite nice with a low of 6 and a high of 15, tropical 15. So anyway, that's the uh, official forecast for the week. Hmm. All right. Here's something a little different. This is the 29th Street Saxophone Quartet. Yeah. Um, we've all heard saxophone quartets. Some of them do classical music. Some of them do, uh, you know, different forms. Of, this is a good band. This is a great quartet. Uh, Bobby Watson, one of uh, from Kansas City, one of the great voices of the alto saxophone, along with Ed Jackson. Both of them are on altos, and Bobby takes the lead on this tune because it is his composition. Rich Rothenberg on tenor saxophone, and the bottom is provided by my good friend Jim Hartog on baritone saxophone. This is a live concert recording, and this is a great tune by Bobby Watson, and it's called In Case You Missed It.
That was the 29th Street Saxophone Quartet. That was recorded back in 1991, and that featured uh, the composer on alto saxophone. He took the first alto solo, um, Bobby Watson. And uh, then we heard Rich Rothenberg on tenor saxophone, and then the uh, other alto saxophonist, Ed Jackson, and uh, keeping the whole bottom together was the very hard-working Jim Hartog on baritone saxophone. So uh, I love that tune. It's called In Case You Missed It, Bobby Watson's tune. The 29th Street Saxophone Quartet. Yeah, quite a band. You know, um, we'd like to uh, just mention a couple of great websites on, uh, that are available to you out there. Very informative. One of them, I think the most important, is the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society. That's coastaljazz.ca. Now, most of the performers, um, if not all of them, have um, been revealed for this year's jazz festival. And I know that tickets are available, and you can purchase them online. So that is on the website, and that's very important. Go through... Um, the people that you might want to hear and uh, commit to uh, um, buying a ticket or two or three or whatever. And you can do all of that um, online on that particular website. It's very comprehensive and very user-friendly, coastaljazz.ca. And, of course, they have the uh, schedule for Frankie's, Frankie's Jazz Club down on Beatty Street. And uh, that's choreographed musically by, <laughs> choreographed by Corey, Corey Weeds, uh, the former owner of the Jazz Cellar. And, of course, Corey is um, an extremely fine saxophonist and um, very, very uh, busy entrepreneur. And he does the programming for uh, Frankie's, and there's all kinds of uh, really great people there. Uh, so you, if you are a fan of quality live music, Frankie's is a place to go, and there's all kinds of uh, great performers there, and you can see them all if you check out the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society because they are one of the sponsors of that particular club. So that's uh, a really good venue, and of course there's a couple of other venues in Vancouver that you can check out. There's Blue Martini um, over on U Street in the heart of Kitsilano, and, of course, the redoubtable Pat's Pub. Every Saturday from 3 to 7, they have uh, some of our finest bands there. And, of course, that's in the old Patricia Hotel in the uh, downtown east side of Vancouver. And uh, that's a very comfortable spot, uh, good food, and lots of uh, quality beverages there, especially beer. All right. So... Um, getting back to the websites again, that's coastaljazz.ca. And, of course, the other fine website is vancouverjazz.com. And uh, that is also a very comprehensive website and all sorts of uh, links and information on that particular site. So check it out, coastaljazz.ca and vancouverjazz.com. And I'd just like to mention one more thing, my good friend Ken Speller. Ken Speller is... Um, musician. He's a teacher. And uh, if you're interested in learning the um, ins and outs of playing the saxophone or even uh, 
advice on how to purchase or rent an instrument uh, if you don't have one already. Or um, you're a professional that need your skills upgraded. We always do. Um, and Or an amateur um, that you want to improve what you're doing. Ken Speller is a good guy. He uh, is a very fine teacher, and he has a business called Music at Home. And he comes to your house, and he will give you all that kind of advice and give you lessons as well. Uh, Ken is located in the uh, Metrotown area of Burnaby. And he also is a repair person, and um, he's a very, very good one. He has his repair shop right in his home, so he doesn't have to pay overhead, and he keeps his prices very reasonable. And, of course, if you play the saxophone, the flute, the clarinet, you know that all of these instruments, whether you're an amateur professional or, or what hobbyist or whatever, um, these instruments have to be maintained, and uh, Ken is the guy to do it. So if it needs a tweak, he'll do it. If it needs an overhaul, uh, he'll do it. And his prices, again, are very reasonable. He is, um, you can phone him at 778-800-1933, 778-800-1933. Or you can reach him via email, kspeller, K-S-P-E-L-L-E-R underscore 14 at yahoo.ca, kspeller underscore 14 at yahoo.ca. Jerry Mulligan, listening to Jim Hartog play the baritone saxophone, just put me in mind of one of the foremost voices of the baritone saxophone. This is one of his finest recordings, and we're going to hear um, a few tunes from this recording. Uh, I think we did this a while back as a jazz feature, but I still, if he, he made so many recordings... I'm talking about Jerry Mulligan, the great Jerry Mulligan, who is one of the foremost voices of the baritone saxophone. He made so many recordings, but if I was to pick a favorite, this recording would be it. And it uh, was issued on Columbia Records, and it features my favorite Mulligan quartet. And um, the album is called What Is There to Say?, which is uh, uh, the opening tune on there. We're not going to hear that, but we're going to hear some other tunes uh, on this uh, recording. Jerry Mulligan on baritone saxophone and the great Art Farmer on trumpet. And Bill Crow, who is still very much with us, on bass. And David Bailey on drums. And this was one of Mulligan's finest quartets and uh, as you'll hear on this album. And they um, went into the studio about three or four times to get the music as good as Jerry Mulligan could make it. And um, I think uh, he produced a classic album. So we're going to hear some tracks from it. The first tune is an up-tempo thing called As Catch Can, a Jerry Mulligan composition. Then we're going to hear his version of my Funny Valentine, one of his favorite tunes. And then a great Art Farmer tune, which was a specialty of this quartet. It's called Blueport. And the final tune is uh, Mulligan's theme song that he used to uh, close a set with. And so we hear a full-length version of uh, a tune. It's kind of funny and fun to listen to as well. It's called Utter Chaos. Maybe they should dedicate that to uh, Donald Trump. Anyway, <clears throat> Enough politics here. Uh, here's the Jerry Mulligan Quartet 
with Art Farmer on trumpet. Beginning with As Catch Can. Thank you. 
Thank you. 
We heard four tracks from one of Jerry Mulligan's finest albums. It was his first um, with the quartet for Columbia Records. It was done back in uh, 1959, early 1959, and we heard four tunes, uh, beginning with Mulligan's composition as Catch Can. Then we heard a beautiful rendition of My Funny Valentine um, by... The Gershwins, and, um, no, not <laughs> the Gershwins, Rogers and Hart, right? Gee, Gavin, get it together here. Um, yes, <laughs> and, um, 
We followed that with uh, my favorite track from the whole album, uh, Art Farmer's great composition called Blueport. And then we ended. Usually Mulligan just played a little short rendition to uh, close sets at clubs or concerts. But we heard a full-length rendition of his theme song, Utter Chaos. (laughs) All right. Jerry Mulligan on baritone saxophone, one of the great masters of that instrument. And, of course, was a wonderful composer, arranger, and... um, led uh, all kinds of uh, different sized ensembles, but he really liked the uh, the quartet setting. He started that out with uh, his early quartet with Chet Baker, and this was a later quartet with Art Farmer on trumpet, Bill Crow on bass, who was still very much with us, and David Bailey on drums. All right, What Is There to Say is the um, name of that album. That's one of the tunes on there. You know, when musicians get together, sometimes um, at a party or at a small gathering, the idea is maybe to to play. And this took place in Paris on Valentine's Day, February 14th, 1960. This is not a professional recording, but the quality is pretty good. Um, And... Two of the honored guests at this particular party was legendary pianist Bud Powell, one of the prime movers and shakers in jazz. Bud had become an expatriate and was living in Paris at the time. And visiting Paris, uh, I believe for the first time, was tenor saxophonist Johnny Griffin, one of the all-time great tenor saxophonists in jazz history. And, of course, Griffin and Powell knew one another, and it was a great uh, reunion. And it was suggested that uh, maybe they'd like to play because there was a nice piano in the house. There weren't too many people there, and uh, a tape recorder was available. And we're going to hear two tunes that these guys played. And um, the little microphone picks up a lot of uh, grunts and groans and noises. But Powell always made a little bit of noise when he played the piano, much like Oscar Peterson Keith Jarrett, uh, Errol Garner, a lot of piano players did that because piano is kind of a physical instrument. And uh, Johnny Griffin, uh, he does his share of grunting as well. But it's just the two of them, Bud Powell on piano and Johnny Griffin on tenor saxophone. We're going to hear two tunes. The first one is an old standard written by Jesse Stone called Idaho. And uh, that is a tune that appealed to uh, many musicians because of its uh, harmonic chord structure. And the second tune is a classic written by Duke Ellington's uh, trombonist Juan Tizal. And the tune is a great jam session tune, Perdido. So we're going to hear those two tunes. Bud Powell on piano and Johnny Griffin on tenor saxophone. The irrepressible Johnny Griffin on tenor saxophone. Here we go. Thank you. 
Two pieces of music recorded uh, at somebody's house. Um, these two musicians, great musicians, Bud Powell on piano and Johnny Griffin on tenor saxophone. They were asked to play, and the tape recorder was turned on, and that's what uh, that was the result. And, of course, that was a, a home recording, but it was uh, lots of fun to listen to, all the grunts and groans and all this kind of stuff. The microphone picked up all the noise. But... Uh, some great music and some great playing by both of these uh, giants of jazz. Bud Powell on piano and Johnny Griffin on tenor saxophone. We heard two tunes. The first one was uh, an old standard that uh, musicians like to play, a tune called Idaho. And the second tune was a jazz classic written by Juan Teasall for Duke Ellington's band. And the tune became a jam session pa- favorite. The tune is Perdido. And, uh, yeah, Griffin and... Powell together, recorded on Valentine's Day in 1960 in Paris. All right. The great Art Pepper had come out of the Stan Kenton Orchestra, and he was uh, freelancing around Los Angeles. This is way back. I'm talking about way back. This is 1952. And uh, Art was doing some gigs under his own name. And, of course, it was the beginning of his career. Art Pepper's playing changed radically over uh, his troubled career. Of course, he was uh, jailed several times and uh, narcotics offenses, all this kind of stuff. But this is the springtime of his career. And these are his first recordings under his own name that were done for a small uh, Los Angeles-based label called Discovery Records. And uh, Art was asked to bring in, in his working quartet to uh, do four tunes. And these were the first Art Pepper recordings I ever heard because I had a very hip cousin, and uh, he was into jazz music. And I was visiting my aunt and, of course, uh, got into my... Uh, my cousin and I went down to his uh, room. He was much older than me, and he had a, a lot of jazz records, and one of them was uh, these four tunes. He had two uh, 78 RPM records. <laughs> that goes back a long time. Um, and uh, I listened to them, and, of course, I begged him. I said, can I borrow those? I'll take utmost care. Um, we've got a great record player at home, you know, uh, all that kind of stuff. And he reluctantly loaned me the... Uh, the recordings, and of course I listened to them day and night, um, these these four tunes, and uh, one for each side of the record, as you understand. So um, eventually they were released on LP and so on, and, and, and they're known as Art Pepper's very first recordings under his own name, and with his own band, including the great Los Angeles-based pianist Hampton Hawes, on bass, Joe Mondragon, and on drums, Larry Bunker. And so we're going to hear the four tunes that he recorded for Discovery Records. Three of the tunes are Art Pepper's own compositions. So the first one is entitled Brown Gold, and we all know what that's for. <laughs> the second tune is a standard, uh, a favorite, and it's Art's version of uh, the ballad, These Foolish Things Remind Me of You. The tune number three is an up-tempo thing called Surf Ride. And 
My favorite is the final tune. I love this tune, and it's called Holiday Flight. So here, then, are the first recordings done on March the 4th, 1952, in Los Angeles by the great, late, and lamented Arthur Pepper, Art Pepper. And we begin with Brown Gold. Thank you. 
Great Art Pepper, in the springtime of his career, these were his very first recordings under his own name. He had just left the uh, Stan Canton Orchestra after playing uh, with that band, touring with it for a couple of years, and uh, he was on his own, uh, and he formed his own little band and was working gigs around the Los Angeles area, and these were the guys he was working with, and uh, he was invited to... uh, um, do these recordings for a small label called Discovery Records. And March the 4th, 1952, and we heard Art, of course, on alto saxophone, Hampton Hawes on piano, Joe Mondragon on bass, and Larry Bunker on drums. And we heard uh, three Art Pepper originals. The first one was entitled Brown Gold, and um, yeah, it's Justin uh, Trudeau's favorite tune. And uh, the second tune was a standard, uh, the ballad of the set, Art's beautiful version of These Foolish Things, Remind Me of You. And then um, an up-tempo Pepper original called Surf Ride. And my favorite track was the last one. It's called Holiday Flight, another composition by Art Pepper. These four recordings, these four tunes made up his very first recording date. Arthur Pepper. Yeah, what a great story. Uh, If you have never read a jazz biography, there's still books at the library, I think. (laughs) There's a book um, that Art wrote in conjunction with his uh, wife, uh, Lori, his his widow. And um, Art passed away, of course, in 1982. But he wrote this book called Straight Life, and uh, it's one of the most harrowing and realistic and, um, in many ways, disturbing biographies. But it's also very, very insightful um, about uh, Art's life and, and uh, the times that he lived in. Art Pepper. And I'm happy to say that uh, over the years, uh, Art Pepper and I remained very good friends, and um, my last visit to Art was just a few months before he passed away in Los Angeles. Yeah, I remember Art Pepper, one of my favorites. All right, we're going to hear now a band called the Hip Ensemble. Last week, we featured drummer Roy Haynes. Well, this was another Roy Haynes-led band uh, that he put together in the early 70s. And as I mentioned before, Roy Haynes usually likes to work with a little quartet. But this band was a little different. There's more people. 
and uh, Roy was the leader. And uh, this band uh, did a couple of recordings. They're 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 pretty elusive, but uh, they're excellent recordings. And uh, Roy, of course, uh, expanded um, the band from uh, his usual quartet. And we have here Roy Haynes on drums with George Adams, the great late George Adams on tenor saxophone, Marvin Hannibal Peterson on trumpet, Roland Prince on guitar. He was from the West Indies, great guitar player. Carl Schroeder on electric piano, Don Pate on electric bass, and Lawrence Killian on conga drums. And this is a George Adams composition. This is a killer track, and uh, I've always liked this particular tune. It's called Silly Willie, the Roy Haynes Hip Ensemble.
Ensemble. That was a little band that he had together for a while in the early 70s, and they recorded a couple of albums for uh, the mainstream label. This album was called Senia, which of course is Roy Haynes' name backwards. And we heard Roy, of course, on drums. Roy is, uh, I mentioned before, one of the seven wonders of the world. He's 91 years old, and he's still playing <laughs> and leading and um, touring. Amazing longevity. Roy on drums, he's the leader. George Adams, the great late George Adams on tenor saxophone. Marvin Hannibal Peterson on trumpet. Roland Prince on guitar. Carl Schroeder on electric piano. Don Pate on electric bass. And Lawrence Killian on drums. And uh, that was George Adams' composition called Silly Willie. A great tune. I'm going to change the pace a little bit now because it's, uh, well, it's just a few moments after midnight. And I guess, uh, you know, you play something really loud and raucous. Well, I think we're going to quieten things down. This is a duet. and This is going to be a future jazz feature, this whole album. I think it's a a most beautiful uh, work. The album is called Oracle, and it came out on uh, ECM Records. And it's a duet between uh, bassist Gary Peacock and guitarist Ralph Towner, who plays uh, 12-string or classical guitar on uh, all of these pieces. It's acoustic, and uh, it's a very, very beautiful album. And uh, we featured um, Gary Peacock a few weeks ago with his uh, final um, recorded statement. He is now retired from music. Um, for a variety of reasons, age and um, hearing loss and all that sort of stuff. But um, this was recorded in 1993, and uh, what a pair, Gary Peacock and Ralph Towner. We're going to hear two uh, Gary Peacock compositions. The first one is called Gaia, and the second tune is entitled Inside, Inside. And uh, these two wonderful musicians together, Gary Peacock and Ralph Towner. (laughs) 
We heard two compositions from this uh, wonderful album, duet album, with uh, bassist Gary Peacock and classical 12-string guitarist Ralph Towner. And the album is called Oracle. And we heard two compositions by Gary Peacock. The first one was entitled Gaia, and the second tune was entitled Inside, Inside all recorded in Oslo in May of 1993. And uh, that's going to be a future jazz feature. Um, it's a very, very beautiful album, very absorbing and, uh, and fun to listen to. And a lot of the tunes, uh, just uh, this acoustic duet, really create a lot of um, incredible um, energy as well. We're going to close with uh, the late, great pianist, Horace Parlin. This is uh, with Wilbur Little, the late Wilbur Little on bass, and the late Danny Richmond on drums. And this is a, a Cedar Walton composition. This was recorded in 1978. Um, Horace Parlin was a longtime resident of Copenhagen, and uh, his two old cohorts were uh, visiting there with different bands, and uh, they decided to do a trio session. And uh, Horace... Wilbur and Danny all got together. And uh, this is a, a tune by another great pianist, Cedar Walton, and it's entitled Firm Roots. And uh, here is the late, great Horace Parlin and company.
Horace Parlin at the piano with Wilbur Little on bass and the great Danny Richmond on drums. And that was a Cedar Walton composition entitled Firm Roots. And uh, that's from uh, an album that came out on Steeplechase Records out of Copenhagen uh, called Blue Parlin, the late and wonderful Horace Parlin at the piano. So that's it for another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR. My name's Gavin Walker, and we're very happy you um, could join us, and uh, we're very happy to present some great jazz music for you as well. So don't forget you're listening to CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. Thank you again, and take care, and we'll see you in... Seven days' time. Try and pray for sunshine. (laughs) We need it. All right. Bye-bye. Ha <laughs> ha